it's your host Sharon Lin and welcome back to Come Along. So today in the studio we have the wonderful Sasha Days, who's the curator of the wonderful exhibit Nexus, video and new media art from the Caribbean. It's on now at MoCA Taipei and it'll be on till July the 16th. So make sure you don't miss it. So Sasha, welcome back to RTI. Thank you. Thank yeah, you you're for having me again. Yeah, so um, Sasha was actually here before on Izzy's show. So listeners, uh, make sure also don't miss that. Let's talk about Nexus. You know, let's hop right in. So how did this opportunity come about? Um, I met uh, C.P. Yang, who's a Taiwanese uh, working for the Ministry of Culture in New York um, years ago when we both lived there. Actually, I started traveling in the Caribbean to do the research and she went back to Taiwan. And on social media, she had seen that uh, this whole research resulted in a book. And she's friends with director Lo from Moka Taipei, who mm -hmm. was during a lunch sort of saying like, well, if COVID time sort of wind down, I would love to do another international exhibition and then CP actually introduced her to my book and said maybe it's interesting to introduce Taiwanese people and to which book Caribbean is this? art Entangled Species mm -hmm. Conversations in Contemporary Art in the Caribbean on 16 islands in the Caribbean So um which year was this that the research yeah. was from 2017 to 2019, so I lived in the Caribbean for two years doing mm -hmm. this research, hopping from island to island. And how, so for the selected artists, what was the process like, you know, finding which artists to work with? And could you share a little bit, little bit with us the whole logistics and how did everything come about? The assignment was to pick video art. Mm. I think also to have in the back of the mind, COVID wasn't finished yet, we didn't totally know what uh, how it would evolve so video art is sort of a safe bet because you can yeah. send the files right virtually could it be done yeah yeah so i had to uh, look at all the artists that i knew that were actually working with that medium um, and then I thought it would be nice to have like a broad spectrum so I wanted to present emerging artists mid-career artists and established artists all of them sort of working internationally so thinking that they would have like a you know an entrance point for Taiwanese people and then I researched a lot about Taiwan trying to find what similarities or entrance points to work I could mm. find that actually Taiwanese audiences would recognize something in the work yes. which would pull them in to then actually learn something new about another region yes yes so I actually made it to the exhibit before you gave us a really wonderful private tour. Just Izzy and I was amazing. So I, I really felt that there's a, a mixture of uh, mid-career artists and also emerging artists. So let's talk about the first piece by uh, Nadia Huggins. Yeah. So you, you walk into the entrance and it's actually in the entrance. So you walk into it. Nadia is from St. Vincent and Grenadines and... The link really with Taiwan was that I really wanted also to uh, present works from countries that actually recognize Taiwan as a yes. country. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, it would be since the Caribbean still has four countries doing that out of the 13, that, yes. that was like an important thing for me to find out. I yes. actually didn't know that. I thought uh, Nadia makes uh, underwater photography and uh, some video work. And it also is a good entrance piece because I think the Caribbean is always perceived as like this exotic paradise with beautiful blue seas etc and yeah. this work really shows that but it actually also if you look well you realize that you're not seeing tourism at all yes so this a uh, little bit of information for you listeners so this piece is called circa no future 
I'm actually really curious. So in this piece, I noticed that some parts of it, it's actually shot in reverse. So it's、um, people jumping from the cliff, but actually it's in reverse. Yeah, it's really it's very poetic, sort of.、Um, I mean, in the edit, she just reversed it. Of course, she just filmed them jumping in, but you kind of see them floating back up, sort of becoming one with space and with the sea. It's very much about、um, them being free. It talks about masculinity, like how to grow up as boys, and this is that space that is very familiar to them and comfortable, and they can sort of be. Who they are, and again, like the absence of outsiders, sort of gives them a very free feeling. And we talked a little bit about Nadia is from that area. They are very familiar with her being there, so you know, like you really sort of part of it without、uh, you see that they are aware of it. But、mm. it,、um, yes, it's like you are sort of part of it as well,、mm-hmm. which makes it actually all the. The better to kind of enter as well. I think it really relates to the audience, like our own feeling when we jump in the sea and the water. Oh yeah, I really like this piece. So Nadia, if you're listening to this, you know, huge shout out to you. Um, thank you for bringing this wonderful piece well to the Taiwanese audience. So if I remembered it correctly, so in Nexus, all the pieces that involve video work that has people in it. All of the people were well are aware that they were being photographed or filmed. So, and all, for example, in、um, Circa No Future, all the boys in the footages they are aware of Nadia's presence. Yes, I think it's important to realize, and you'll see that when you see the works that although they are aware of being filmed, they also forget about it.、Mm. So, I think it、uh, it really as an audience you become it's like you and me sitting here. And having this conversation, you're like standing there next to the water as well. So there is a difference when you are very aware and you're very conscious, and you change your attitude because you are be- being filmed. Yes. And I don't think the people we see, although they are aware, they are not putting on an act.、Mm. Which,、um, you know, like for a filmmaker, I think you know you need to be getting acquainted with the people. And in Nadia's case, you know, she's always there. So、yeah. there is trust. Yeah, there is trust. I felt that. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I think that is an important、uh, part of all the pieces, actually. So, what is your approach as a curator for Nexus? I think the important thing was, like I said, to find a subject or some entrance point in the works that、uh, Taiwanese audiences could recognize. Which, of course, was a little difficult because I've never been in Taiwan before. Yeah, it's the first time here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we will talk more later. Yeah. yeah.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I didn't know that much about it too, so I really took a lot of time.、Uh, I had three weeks to make the proposal. Ooh, yeah.、Uh, when I said yes, I really took the three weeks to. <laughs> it was all about Taiwan. Like, was it、uh, quite stressful? It even was, though you. <laughs> no, I mean it. It was because I mean I I like delving into something. So go online and then I find subjects where I'm like, oh, this is interesting to me. Let's see if I can read books about it. Can、mm. I find books about it? Can I find films about it? Can I find people that know about it? And so slowly I started to know a little bit more about Taiwan. I mean, as much as somebody can know in three weeks, of course.、Yeah. But enough to think, okay, these I found like angles that I could use that I could actually explain the link to Taiwan with, like、mm. transnational labor、yes. or.、Uh, 
political situation mm -hmm. or immigration or fear of like something happening in your country so you're going somewhere else or breaking up families like that or yes. natural disasters mm, yeah i really feel deeply about this focus of making connections in, in nexus and i'm curious actually let's talk a little bit about you know why i Uh, when I was at the exhibit, I would really love to, to meet the artists in person, but they couldn't make it here. It was because of many logistical challenges, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all these different things. Like for some, it's visa. You need to transfer in Europe or in the States. And for some countries, like uh, for, for Haiti, for instance, mm. you need to have actually a visa, even if you only transfer planes in the US or in uh, Europe. And It's not a visa like we are used to when you just travel there anyway, pay $25 and get a stamp in your passport and now you have a visa. You mm. need to apply at the embassy. It takes sometimes months to get it. It costs maybe $500 just to transfer a plane. So also in the funding to explain to a funder like, well, you know, it's, it's a longer trip. Maybe they need to stay in a hotel in between. They need to have a visa. It costs money. Mm. All of those things need to be in consideration and since we don't have those problems nobody thinks about it or says like yeah why would i need to do that but mm -hmm. you actually need to budget for that to get somebody from haiti to taiwan you need to know if you have the funding almost five months in ahead of time and otherwise it's it's almost impossible to get them here so the mobility in the in the caribbean is very bad too so so it's it's very challenging uh, to to get people over and it's very exhausting for them too for instance yes and then of course you know you get invited for an opening Does a museum really want to host somebody for a month? Mm. <laughs> That costs money too. Actually, I've been thinking about this so much. Like, it's it's um, what kind of passport you hold? Also, is it a quote unquote a strong passport? And actually, while this is so much intertwined with a country's history, a region's history, yeah. and I, I feel like it's a good segue to talk about why it is very important to talk about history and colonialism yeah. in Nexus. So um, this exhibit is set in a space for contemporary art, Moka Taipei. And the artist and you as a curator, you deal with many urgent, important topics. And much of it, it has a really melancholy tone to it. So we're talking about displacement, colonialism, violence, and talking about national identity and transnational labor. So what do you think are some powerful elements that art could bring? in tackling these issues that other forms of storytelling couldn't? I think art is, uh, to me, art really is like a language. You communicate with it. And sometimes people, for instance, uh, about this mobility, yes. people are not aware of it. Art is a way to actually make people aware of things. Like you, you see something and then you realize, you know, like you wonder and you start um, investigating certain issues or how we are now talking about this. You know, now people, know along the way you start thinking about what the consequences are for that you know so it's about making people aware of certain things and make people think i think art sparks thought about issues that you never think about because you know you're just busy with your daily life and then you see an art piece and all of a sudden you know you start associating maybe it's disruptive or shocking yes and i think That is what art can do very well. Shocking without actually, for instance, being in the violence or being in the problem, yeah. but at least making you aware of it. So you start looking or, for instance, reading a newspaper. 
article, maybe in a different way. It actually reminds me a lot of how I felt seeing uh, works by Maxence Dennis, um, mm. my, his uh, My Dreams, Meheves, is, I would say personally, is uh, the, a very shocking piece, I would guess, for some audience members yeah. as well. So listeners, if you're going, make sure you're prepared for this one. And I highly recommend you should go in. You should go experience this work. So, um, yeah, could you tell us a, bl- a little bit more about Dennis as an artist? He studied in France and worked there for uh, a while as a VJ also. And music is very uh, important in his work as well. His mom is a classical pianist. He's originally from Haiti and his mom is a classical pianist. So he really grew up with music. But then, of course, he's a generation later. So he went into the techno music. So after a while, he really wanted to go back to Haiti. I mean, his family was in Haiti. He uh, He's gay and he's married and they have a son together. And that's a big issue in Haiti because it's basically legally not allowed that that penalty is still uh, in place for it but he really wanted to be in his country and help sort of you know like making this a better country but the imperialistic influence in Haiti is still enormous it's a very poor country it was so close to Cuba so America invaded it trying to avoid that you know communism would go to Haiti and then it's so close to America so it's sort of threatening the people are really trying to fight for better lives and it goes a little bit up and down and then there's lots of demonstrations so some of the images you see are very violent I mean or at least it feels violent but they're desperate people try, you know, trying to get attention, like, you know, we need to do something about this situation. And then juxtapose, there's also, you know, his wish for, a, for a, his daily life to be who he is, also like being gay and mm. like, you know, loving art and, and you know, dance and all of that. Yes. And then through that, there is also the layer of the voodoo spirituality that is uh, very important in Haiti, you know, like similar to how people here have altars and, you know, in their yeah. house and spirituality is so much part of day-to-day life. And that's similar in, in Haiti. So those images you see back in it as well. Because it sort of gives them a sense of community, which is kind of similar to here, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it also tries to say, like, be good to your own community. So there is that, but the community outside Haiti is not very good for Haiti. And then that's felt in the country itself. And all of that complexity you see in this work in a very poetic, but yes. also very it's powerful, powerful it's way where you're works, like, yeah. wow, you know. <laughs> I hope you, you, as an audience, you want to know more about it and it's extremely complex i was there for two months and i'm still sort of baffled i have no idea how to solve something like that but it's really good to be more aware of the background of it oh yeah and honestly i i I still have so much to learn about the caribbean and honestly it was not until a couple of years ago i read something that's okay I, i feel like in a very uh, like general blunt way for for people especially a younger audience to know of you couldn't really just judge how a country is by sort of like the end result because for example the reason why a country like Haiti is struggling it actually was because of well the French yeah. the US involvement and ba- they basically took so much of their resources up, up till now eh? yeah yeah they're still doing that so I, I feel like this is very important for I'm thinking about my experience growing up here as a student and it's the history of, of Haiti for example it wasn't really 
taught in a holistic way in our textbooks. No. If, if not, like, sometimes it wasn't even mentioned. So Yeah, and it's the same in the Netherlands. I think uh, even being, you know, like uh, from a colonial power, like w that's not the way we talk about it. If we mention it uh, at all that we had colonies, it's as a side note. <laughs> and, then, and then it is like, well, we were very heroic. We brought civilization to the world. Yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I mean, civilization actually existed long before we did. And if yes. anything, we, you know, like things like riding, medicine, all yeah. comes from places that actually we felt were not civil, but it's what we call civilization. So it's mm. a very complex. Uh, yes long century long history depending on the perspective you're from yeah you know like you view it and like you said about haiti i mean they defeated the french and then the french actually made them pay for yeah. their freedom like mm. if in nowadays money it's like billions of euros yeah. that they only paid off i think in 1980 or something so it's ridiculous because yeah. you actually defeated somebody and why do we have to why like, do we have to pay but if they didn't they were totally boycotted like cuba was much later right mm. so that had such an impact of that country and then of course america like you know after cuba barging in as well it has a lot of influence so the, the outside influence really is the reason and hardly anybody knows about that yeah so then you assume things that are actually not true yes yeah, I really hope that it, it, it's a uh, it echoes uh, the the point you mentioned. What art could do when dealing with these very urgent issues. So, from your point of view, why do you think it's important for Taiwanese people to know more about the Caribbean? I think also in a way, it's um, you can also learn about your own history more because Taiwan, of course, had all these coloni uh, colonized times as well. Yeah. And so maybe by looking at other places, dealing with it, you yeah. can actually look at your own uh, situation in different ways as well. Oh, well, that's really, for me growing up here, I think that's really urgent. Um, we will talk more um, in another segment, but hmm, how was that history dealt in our textbooks, for example? And what kind of interpretation that the writers of history usually take? Taiwan, we need to, you know, talk more about this. Yeah, yeah but go on. <laughs> also, you know, just to make more connections with the rest of the world and realize like um, the entanglement is so much bigger than the whole world is really in a way has an influence also on Taiwan. Taiwan can actually also have an influence on, on the world. And how can you then use that to actually try to be your own, right? How do, mm. how do you uh, position yourself within that? And yeah. so you start participating more um, into your own destiny. Yeah, it was actually very moving. So earlier today, um, you gave Izzy and I a really wonderful tour. And for me, it was very moving because when we were there, there was a pretty big student group there and um, the docent gave a really thorough tour for the students and I as a museum nerd I find that really moving because if the younger generation could know more about what's going on in their own country and in, in the world I think it would really this is not cheesy at all I just feel like it would really make the world a better place yeah yeah that I think that's kind of what I try to do because it's so complex, right? And I mean, I have, as a person, no influence on like governments, I feel. And I'm sure most of the listeners feel the same way. Like 
you know, you feel like there's a government, somehow you voted for it or yeah. not. And then it feels like they're not even, they're supposed to represent you, but are they really? By using art, I think, you know, like we can take our responsibility at least, like how do we as a person position ourselves in the world? If only to my own surroundings, you know, like let me at least be responsible for that. And so if you then can show art and by showing artists from the larger world, I actually make your surroundings bigger because you all of a sudden are now connected to the Caribbean in some kind of way, right? So yeah. so actually the meaning of nexus, it, it actually means... Connection. Connections. Yeah. yeah. So again, a huge shout out to all of the participating artists. Um, it, it's a miss. It's such a pity that you couldn't be here physically yeah. with us. But thank you for creating all of your wonderful works. And re I really feel the presence. And I really, again, thinking about the student group we met earlier, it's it's just a really wonderful thing to to get to see that um, a younger Taiwanese audience are really getting to know more of a region yeah. that probably seemingly it's very distant, also in a metaphorical sense from from things that are happening in Taiwan, but actually, hey, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. very, you know, like climate-wise and, you know, like history-wise, there are so many similarities that that's actually, you know, new to me too, which mm. was really nice to actually realize and then make this exhibition about. So hopefully it also leads to, you know, like, yeah, invite artists maybe in a different yes. way outside this exhibition, like, you know, museums can, or I, I was at the Tainan University yes. and uh, in the fi fiber department and I was talking about artists in the Caribbean working also with fiber and indigenous techniques and material use and sort of changing that and translating that into contemporary art and that is such a no-brainer to me it would be interesting to actually make that an exchange yeah and so trying to make people aware and then where they are like oh wow you know like maybe we can do that so that's already a plus yeah i'm really looking <laughs> forward to that so this is really just the beginning so to wrap up our conversation so you're now in taiwan so what's next for you? Any personal, professional updates you'd like to share with the audience? So now I am actually, I'm asked by uh, an organization called Framer Framed, and uh, that's a project space uh, where there's a Taiwanese uh, curator, uh, PhD student, Emily Lee, who works there now, who asked me to work on a, co a collaboration with Jan van Eyck, which is a... Um, a residency like it's an 11 month residency that actually Taiwanese artists can uh, apply for oh so where where will this be in Maastricht and there is actually a Taiwanese artist there now who I am who is now in uh, back home in uh, Kaohsiung mm. so I'm going to visit him oh. but there is a Cuban artist there that uh, who will make visuals and prints that go into a publication I will write an essay about my first experience in Taiwan. Uh, there is a Taiwanese writer, Huang Choi Kai. He wrote a book, Formosa Exchange, where he basically, Taiwanese people wake up to realize that they are no longer in Taiwan, but they are in Cuba. And so that kind of makes the circle round. So yeah. all four of us work on this publication. It will be presented in the Netherlands. And then we will present the publication also, hopefully in Taiwan next year in February. Wonderful. Because it's 400 years ago that the Netherlands colonized Taiwan in yes, 1624. Yes, which we will talk more um, <laughs> yeah, in another segment. 
Yeah. So that's very exciting. Yeah. And when you're back here again in February, you know, hit us up, hit me up. Yeah, yeah we'll have to see you again. I will. And you so, can talk with the Cuban artist and oh, with Emily. That I would, would love nice. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm, wonderful. So, Sasha, thank you so much for spending time thank here you. with us. And listeners, hope you're having a great day or evening wherever you are. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.